Good morning. This is Mike Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Minute on the Catch Roundtable. This morning I have the Mr. Restaurateur, number one restaurateur in the city and around the country, my good friend Drew Naporin of the Myriad Restaurant Group. Mazel tov, first of all, on the sale of Bertard. Thank you. Okay, which was your baby. My first restaurant, 1985. So let's talk about this. 1985 to 2023. What's the world like today and the difficulties of being involved in the restaurant business? Um, It's more complicated today. Uh, Obviously, the rents are higher today. But the revenues are higher. Not that... You know, I, I don't know why, but I grew up with the crazy Eddie mentality of uh, keeping the lowest prices that I would charge for wine and food and uh, having the best quality, which was a good formula. I, 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 I've been busy, but now I realize, that post-COVID especially, when people are going out more, that there's a lot more wealthy people in the world than I realized, and they're not, they're not afraid to spend. I mean, and, and uh, the prices uh, in restaurants have gotten extraordinary. I mean, okay, so shocking, the, true, the food prices have gone up, and certain times the rent has gone up. But I believe restaurants today are charging more and serving less. That's correct. You know, I always make a joke about Italian restaurants. You used to go to Italian restaurants. And say, Do you have half portions of pasta? They say, of course. They serve you a half portion. It was half the price. Now they, you ask that question. Guess what, Mike? No half portions. Uh, but when you want a full portion, they actually charge you the half portion or the menu price times two. So all, all the, the portions are now half, are, are half portions. You know, as I would say with Shelly Fireman over the years, your babies. Let's talk about some of your babies that right. you've grown up with. You know, as we were saying, Batard was Montrachet. Yes. Okay. How old were you when you opened up Montrachet? Well, I, I opened Montrachet April 1985. I was 29 years old. I'm 67 now. Um, 38 years is a long time. I think Phantom of the Opera only went for 35 years. So uh, Andre Soldner cooked at Lutes for only 35 years. So to be there for 38 years is quite an achievement. Tribeca Grill is now 33 years. Nobu? Nobu is going to be 30 next year, if you can imagine that. And there are 54 Nobus around the world. And um, Tribeca so, Grill? 33. 33. 33 years. I mean, my, my restaurants stand the test of time, which is the, the greatest thing. There's just one problem. When I was younger, to achieve the status today, we would have been called an institution. People would have loved us. We'd be like 21 Club, Four Seasons, The Rainbow Room. Guess what? Those restaurants don't exist anymore, and nobody gives a hoot uh, about you being around a long time because the, the market is driven. There's so many more restaurants now. There's so much more competition. There's so much more ethnic everything. So you really, to be on on your game, you have to be that much better. So which neighborhoods are you... Do you feel are the best places for restaurants today? At one time, we used to joke with me on Brooklyn, and you would say, you know, only a chef and his wife could open up that place. Right. I used to go to Hubert's, and that's what it was. But, um, you know, and you have the River Cafe and maybe Lundy's. I mean, there's a handful of places. But, listen, I think any neighborhood where you can afford the rent, uh, you have a fair deal, and you can afford the rent, and you have to have a certain price point because keeping your prices low now driving a, a greater volume doesn't necessarily work anymore. Why? Because basically in the restaurant business, we spend money three ways. There's rent, there's food, and labor. Labor is now off the charts. And uh, all the rules about overtime and spread of hours and things like that. So you could have a 50% labor uh, number in a restaurant these days. So how do you keep the labor over there? Do you offer bonus incentives? 
Do you add perks? Do you encourage feedback? You, you, you do everything, and guess what? It doesn't matter because the the, the workers are going to go. Especially COVID changed a lot um, with the mentality of the worker. They've they have the upper they had the upper hand. Maybe now maybe a little less so, but like you know, a guy yesterday, you know, because all my staff had I wanted to find them work since my restaurant just closed, and he said, well, I only want to work four days. And, you know, the Nobu, I got him a job at Nobu, they want five days. He said, just work the five days. I mean, it's like, you know, beggars can't be choosy. So What a, you know, today the Michelin star, how important are the ratings and the reviews? Michelin is very important to a certain group of people. It actually, it, it motivates them to go to that restaurant. But overall, Michelin is a tire company, you know, and it's like, so... And and also the inspectors are anonymous, so I don't know how accurate it is to come one time to a restaurant. To what, what about Zagat's? Okay, yeah, it's, it's, Zagat's it's, is gone. I saw uh, I saw Tim and Nina at uh, Daniel Balut's thirtieth anniversary, which was a great great party. Um, but Zagat, which was the all powerful, is no longer. I mean, there's something called the infatuation. They don't even use Zagat anymore. So where do people, but people are social. They, people, you have a phone. People search. No, no, Mike, right now, this is the greatest moment for the consumer. Why? You can go on the phone. Even, like, if you don't like Yelp, you can see the food, you can see the prices. You know, before you used to have to go to the restaurant and look at the window. Most people blocked the window. The menu was never in the window in some restaurants. So you didn't know what you were getting involved with. Zagat was just two or three lines in a red book and, you know, some stupid numbers about ratings. Today, you can go on Yelp, you can go on you know, Eater, and there's a million places you can go uh, and, and see the food and say, wow, the food looks terrible. I'm not going there. <laughs> so where, what, are you, what are you planning to do now that your baby, the Montrachet, Batard, okay? Well, no I'm, still, I'm still very active. I, I, I go to work every day. I have a wine store on 57th Street. I, uh, I do the hamburgers at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> And I love what I do, so I'm I'm still I'm still quite active. What, speaking of that, do you see more better restaurants opening up in in venues like Madison Square Garden? You oh, know, definitely. But it, it, it shocks me when I go someplace, and I won't name the arena where the food is that terrible. Like because most of the um, uh, sports, you know, I, I have food also at, at MetLife with the Jets. Most of these people are motivated to do a better job. But when you go to a place and the food is, you know, they can't even make a good hamburger. I mean, a good hot dog. It's ridiculous. So where do you see a young guy wants to go into the business? Where where are the opportunities? Well, I, I look, I think basically now what's in vogue are smaller restaurants with less help so you can c- control the, the labor. And if you're working the store, you're going to save one salary, whether it's if you're the chef or if you're the uh, front of the house person. So, so it's more, if, if you're going to be on, hands-on operator with an idea, you can do it these days, but just make sure you sign a good real estate deal and keep your your expenses down. What about fast casual? Fast, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> if you want to serve a hamburger someplace, it's a hamburger joint. You know, fast casual. They, they create these, you know, categories, but to me, fast casual. What about casual, ghost, ghost kitchens? Well, that's that's awful. Trust me, if you cannot what, what, set what? up, a, a, you can't do these pop-ups and make any money. I'm sorry. They sound good. It's maybe not so bad for the consumer, but it's not a good idea. What about the restaurants as amenities in office buildings so they can well, attract tenants? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think uh, Daniel Balut is doing the Centurion Club over at right. Vanderbilt. And uh, you know, and John George, John George uh, I think, is owned in part by Howard Hughes. Uh, they spent $200 million over at the tin building. God bless him. 
So, and also South Street Seaboard, obviously, they, they give restaurateurs like millions of dollars to open a restaurant. What about the catering business? Catering is always the best because you can charge twice as much for everything. Just, just a given. You can charge twice as much. So you, you, you're bullish on that? Oh, I've always been bullish about that. We do a huge amount of private events over at uh, Tribeca Grill. Okay, so where do you see Tribeca Grill and Nobu? Do you see any more expansion? of? Well, Nobu, uh, I think we're going to start looking under manhole covers to expand because uh, Nobu is uh, extraordinary. I mean, it, it just, everywhere that we put a Nobu, it does fantastic things. So what do you attribute the success of Nobu? Uh, success of Nobu is that um, we do the same thing well in different locations and where we thought innovation creativity were the things that people want you know what people want they want what they think they know and they want it at a good price what about the you brought up the fact that the rainbow room is gone the four seasons what happened we're left with cipriani okay what happened um i think the motivating people you know the, the 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 brains behind those operations they got old and you know unless there's somebody to carry the torch uh, somebody has to, you know, like the Sirio Macchione, for instance. You know, I, he has three wonderful sons, but nobody could do what he did. And, uh, you know, when you lose, you know, Paul Covey and Tom Margatai at the Four Seasons and 21 Club, you know, and that became, I think it was owned by Orient Express, and they lost their, their compass there, too. What about the Palm? Uh, that's a, I, loved, I loved the Palm growing up, but that's a terrible story, right? We, we, we'd have to do a whole show on the Palm. Okay, so I'd like to say I, it's great to have the king of the restaurant tour business, right. the, the legendary Drew Laporte, and thanks for being here today. Michael, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com